Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. So I want to thank you and welcome you to worship this morning, those of you that are here in the sanctuary, as well as those of us who are worshiping online. What I'm going to do this morning is I am going to bring a sermon that I do every year, not that the sermon's identical, but once a year between sermon series about this time of the year, we kind of push the pause button on our sermon series and we take a specific Sunday morning just to kind of remind us about who we are as a church. We take a look at the year in the past And then we take a brief moment to look at our prayerfully discerned preferred future for City Church moving into the next year. Now, I have a full confession about this morning. Normally, when I get up to preach this sermon, how can I put this? It's not hype in the sense of hype, but just, I don't know. But this morning, I'm full confessing that I sense what the Older Testament calls the kabod of God. It's interesting, in the Older Testament, the glory of God is the Hebrew word kabod, but it's really the word for weightiness. As I have been, I preached this sermon in the first service, I really sense kind of the seriousness of it or the weightiness of it. And I've sat through and I've myself have preached a lot of sermons like this that are not there to hype people up in a fake sense, but to try to get people. And yet this morning, I'm sensing the weightiness of God, kind of the challenge of it or maybe the seriousness of it. So would you pray with me? God, I pray that as City Church is reminded again of who we are, and we recall a year that's coming to an end, and then look at our prayerfully discerned preferred future for next year and beyond. I pray that you would be with us. God, I truly thank you for every single church in Charlottesville and the surrounding counties. And yet this morning, we specifically focus our hearts on City Church and pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in and through this church family as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've been around City at all, you know that we are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church. What it means to be biblically-based is is that we take Scripture seriously. Now, every time I think about being biblically based, I think about one Scripture that validates Scripture, and it's Hebrews 4.12. Here's what the text says. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The idea is this, is that the Bible is like no other book. It stands completely unique in that it's alive. And for 23 years as the pastor here at City, I have watched people go from ignoring Scripture at the very best to some even debating against Scripture at the very worst, and then one day coming to it with an open heart. 
and being radically transformed. So needless to say, this is why we are a biblically-based church. We take Scripture seriously, and we believe that it truly is alive. The next thing to remind us of is that we are relationally driven. If you even take a cursory reading of Scripture, you discover instantly that relationship is the most important thing in life. Jesus put it this way. When quizzed of the 613 laws that are found in the Older Testament, which is the most important, he said, there are actually two. First, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second is the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. What was Jesus teaching? He was teaching that relationship is the essence of life. Our relationship with God and our relationships with people. And then the last thing that I would like to remind us of is that we are a spirit-led church. Why is that important? Because if you've ever read Scripture and seen the calling of Scripture, you know you cannot do it on your own. And if your relationships are anything like mine, and I'm assuming they are, you need God's help. By the way, that is not to blame the people in my life. It's because of me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know you need God's spirit. So with that, we are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church. Practically speaking, it means these three things. We exist as a church to call people to follow Jesus, to grow together, and to serve others. Those three things. We exist to call people to follow Jesus. Here's what I want to say about that. I grew up in a church that emphasized the beginning of that, where you would say a prayer and you would ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, and that is life transforming hugely. But here's what I want to say about that that's only the beginning. Jesus never met anyone and said, Believe these certain things, although that's important. When Jesus met people, he would say these two words, follow me. It's a lifetime journey. So the prayer at the beginning is important, but City Church exists to call people to follow Jesus, not just say a prayer. The next thing that's clear in Scripture is that once we're called to follow Jesus, we never do it alone. But the text is absolutely clear that once we've said yes to following Jesus and we've put our faith, hope, and trust in him, the next step we make is the commitment to grow together. Pastor Keith is a, a member of our pastoral team here, and Keith's going to come now and he's going to share briefly about what growing together means here at City. Let's give Pastor Keith a warm welcome as he comes. Oh, good morning, first of all. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to get to days like this and to think and prep all week thinking about words, but then to see a parade of people walk in who are the fruit 
of what we're talking about, who are you guys, um, so many, in fact, this is just fun for me, raise your hand if you weren't at City Church before COVID hit, raise your hand if that's true of you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I think so. It, this is, okay, good, put your hands down. The, I want to, to talk about new things for a second. When COVID hit, our, our family, like all families, I think was kind of like, okay, so what's this new normal? We have five kids, and they weren't going anywhere to school anymore. They were all at our house, like, all the time. And so we're figuring that out, right? And along the way, we're praying about, okay, well, what next? And what does it look like? And in the middle of that, we felt a calling on our, at least, you know, I felt a calling on my life to grab a hold of school as well and to start a journey uh, pursuing a PhD in organizational leadership. So I started that in January because we had nothing else going on, right? <laughs> it sounds crazy and is, I think, in a lot of ways. But along the way, it started to grab hold of truths about organizations and how organizations thrive and how they grow and, and what good leadership looks like. At the same time, about a year ago, um, right out there on the front porch, we were sitting as a staff and talking about this organization, this church family. And we were aware there was a need for a special emphasis. If, if you've been here for very long, if you weren't one of those people that raised your hands, you know that when we used to talk about, in fact, we had a banner up here behind us that just had two sets of words at the top, follow Jesus and serve others. This grow together thing, we kind of snuck it in one Sunday and you guys were all like, Why, what's going on? Something changed. The change was our understanding that this has always been a part of who we are at City Church, but we needed to make it plain. We needed to make it obvious that we understand God calls us together, asks us to follow him, and he wants us to serve others. But a part of that journey is growing together, the joy of that. And I don't know if you're, if you're a person that's good at making things grow or not. But, uh, you know, for leaders in charge of organizations that want to see things, there are a lot of factors we look for, right, to see things grow. You want the right people in position to do that. You want a good culture. You want, there's a lot of things, right? Well, in order to see a church grow, there's a lot of things you want to see, too. Um, you, you know, people, obviously, but vision and some, some goals, some, some resources. There's a lot of things. When we jumped into COVID, of course, we didn't know that was coming. And as we were sitting out there on the front porch, we were praying that we'd be a people who grow together. But what kind of season? If you could order up a season to see a church grow, what would it look like? Would it look like COVID? Probably not, right? No, it doesn't seem like a, a good context for growth. I grew up in West Texas where they grow cotton like crazy. Now, let me tell you, the conditions have to be just right in West Texas for cotton to grow. Like, or it has to be really expensive to water it. Right? Like it's just, that's the way it goes. Well, what we found over the last year, what I realized is that God was faithful to see growth happen in ways that we can't explain. It doesn't make sense in terms of uh, organizational theory. It's, it's just the gift of God. It reminds me of a story. When Jesus was walking to, into Jerusalem in his last days, there was a fig tree along the road. And he looked at the fig tree, and it wasn't bearing figs. It wasn't bearing fruit because it wasn't the season for figs to grow. And Jesus was frustrated by that, which doesn't seem fair to the fig tree, right? Like, it's not the right time to be growing figs. It's, but then he goes on to the temple, and guess what? The temple isn't bearing fruit either. Like, it's not the, the place that God intended for it to be. It's not a house of prayer. 
Jesus used the moment to suggest something I've been blessed to see during this season, City Church. It hasn't been a season that's ideal for growth. Yet, as life group leaders and cohorts have chosen to gather anyway, to believe God, to by faith gather, trusting God would give growth, he's done it again and again and again. And it's been my great joy to see that happen. I, as a part of my, my studies, I, I interviewed life group leaders over the last uh, you know, few months, and I asked them, like, leading through the season, what has it been like? You know what they said? Oh, it's been so easy. It's just been a, no. No, it's been really hard. But without fail, every one of the life group leaders that I interviewed said, but God, but God. And they could all point to growth. And some of you in this room, I bring that to your attention because I want you to celebrate with us the God who gives growth even in what seems like an impossible season to grow. And that he has done that right here. And on a day like today, when we look back, we need to give thanks for a God who brings growth even in these seasons. And I want to call you to this. If there's a message you need to walk away with today, a challenge from me, I want it to be this. Believe that God can give growth even when it seems unlikely, even when it seems impossible. He's done it this past year. He can do it in the next year. I believe he can do it for you. Um, So let's trust God for that, Uh, not just follow Jesus and serve others, but also to grow together. Let's give Keith a hand. Thank you, Keith. So here at City, we're about calling people to follow Jesus, grow together, and to serve others. Whenever I think about the church in general, As a pastor, my mind is so often drawn to the following scripture. Ephesians 3, 10 through 11. Here's what the text says. God's intent was that now through the church, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, when people get a hold of the reality that we're presenting to you in Christ at City Church, that we are called to be a group of people that follow Jesus, that we gather together to grow and we serve others, that God's wisdom is demonstrated in the world. Now, as we were thinking about and I was praying about the best way to show you what this looks like, We couldn't think of any better way than to share a God story about two men here at City. Please give your attention to the screen. My name is uh, Frank Phillips. Uh, I'm a retired physician and I've been attending City Church for two to three years. Don't know the exact date. If someone had asked me If I were a Christian before all of this, before meeting Pete, I would have said, sure. I grew up in a household that were Protestants. My dad attended church every Christmas and every Easter. My mother was Catholic, but they sent me to Sunday school when I was in a Protestant culture. And and so if someone had asked me, are you a Christian? I would have said, yes. 
And now as I look back on it, I wasn't. I went to Pete and asked him if I could have a one-on-one -on -one with him. And I more or less uh, laid out my sins. That's when he let me, be know, let me know that Christ could forgive those sins. And at first, I would say to Pete, no, there's just, there's no way, can't do that. And, and becoming a Christian and starting to lead a Christian life was really difficult because I had to look back on my life. And um, in many ways, it wasn't a pretty picture. Uh, obviously, like many people, there have been times in my life, uh, crises, and that's when, Gabe, you got me together with Ralph. My name is Ralph Sachs. I've been probably coming to City Church maybe for 10 years now. Seems to be that long. I had a good friend of mine who was a Christian. We'd work together, we'd room together, and at night he would read his Bible, and you know, and I'd look over at him and I'd say, John, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm gonna get in too, right? He'd just shake his head, because he knew that wasn't how it works. And then I went through some things in my life, certainly with my children, and certainly it was something you'd never sign up for. And what it is, it's not important. It's important that it happened. And somehow I found God through that or got back to God. And, and I still remember sitting in the middle of the auditorium and it came out about Stephen Ministry. And I said, huh, because I sat there and said, yep, I think this is, I, I should do this. As a Stephen Minister, my role is to walk alongside, sort of be there as a sounding board, not try to solve. That's God's deal, that's his. The situation I was dealing with was one of my children uh, has a, the, the disease of an addiction. And it got to the point where I just, I couldn't deal with it alone anymore. At first, I will admit, I was a bit reluctant. I mean, who is this guy? What kind of training does he have? I mean, because my background is science, and so is this a psychologist? Is this a sociologist? Is this, who is this person? But uh, I decided to plunge. <laughs> Yet, most of the time, Frank and I now meet more or less every two weeks, and it's safe to say that we sit there for two hours and it goes by like that. And uh, it's been great for me because every time we get together, it only helps me to answer some of the questions I have and strengthen my faith. I mean, there's things we don't see eye to eye on, but that's got nothing to do with why we're here or why we're together. I've probably shared more with Ralph than anyone else in my life. And, um, It's, it's, that's been a great comfort that there is someone who I can do that with without fear. I, it's hard to explain how powerful that is. And so I would encourage anyone to, to take the plunge. 
Match made in heaven, right? <laughs> the, the only place it can be made. <laughs> together. Not only are we reminded of who we are as a church, we also remember. And so as part of this very simple message, I've been remembering COVID. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan of COVID. But with that said, as Keith mentioned, we've seen God's faithfulness at City Church at a level that is shocking to me. We are concluding this year having had the best financial year we've ever had. Not only that, we have seen so many people touched and transformed with God's presence. But when COVID first hit, we were meeting at the, Char the Charlottesville Performing Arts Center. We'd been meeting there for seven years. And when COVID hit, we were no longer allowed to meet there, which was completely understandable. And at that point, we began to pray because we weren't allowed to meet at all. During that season of prayer, I felt like God spoke to me along with the leadership of the church that we were to use this time to get healthy as a church. And so what we did during COVID is we looked at every single thing about City Church, from our legal structure to our leadership structure to how we did ministry, we literally went over everything. And we utilized that time to really get things up to speed. And so we did, we changed some things with our legalities, we changed some things in our leadership structure, we changed some things in ministry. One of the things that was very clear that God spoke to my heart about was affirmed and confirmed by the leadership of city is that no matter what happened with COVID, we were not supposed to go back to the Performing Arts Center, but that we would permanently make City Church our home. What you may not know is, is we had a master plan for this piece of property where this building was going to be leveled. There would be a multi-million dollar building built out in the field. And at the beginning of COVID, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, that's not supposed to happen. And so what we did was we instantly took care of 10 years of deferred maintenance on this building. And so we spent $300,000 getting this building completely up to speed with a few more things left to do. Now, in the midst of all of that, God spoke to our hearts about a lot of things. One of the things that I recognized at the beginning of COVID is how fractured our country truly is. And in the midst of that, to be honest with you, it really began to creep into the church as well. I watched people who held to their political status more than they did being a Christian. I watched people grab a hold of certain issues more than holding on to Jesus. And so as a lead team, we entered into a season of fasting and prayer. I still remember the day where a friend of mine reached out who'd been part of our church who, when he reached out, he apologized for having been such a pain. He used vernacular I'm not going to use from the pulpit. And he said, Pete, I just realized something. Being a Christian means 
that I stay unified with the people of God. And being a Christian means that I follow Jesus and that's more important than my political views. And so he surrendered that. That's hard to do in our culture. But it's the center of being a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. So as we thought about looking through COVID, I'm grateful for our church because people have remained faithful at a level that some churches have not experienced. Again, I've mentioned we've just completed our best financial year ever. We've seen involvement and commitment in ministries that has been impressive. But be that as it is, I'm excited about next year. And when we look to 2022, there are some things that I want to make you aware of that is coming. First of all, all next year, we're going to have one sermon series, and it's entitled The Kingdom of God. The reason is, is I've noticed in my own pastoral leadership, and my son's been very effective within a kind way saying, Dad, you need to think about this is that we have lacked a cohesive reality of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And there's one thing mentioned in Scripture, and it's the kingdom of God. That's what it is. And so what we're going to do all next year is we're going to take a look at the kingdom of God and what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom. Not only that, we're going to be offering a second class. Pastor Keith very effectively oversees our growth track, which is step one. Step number two is going to be a course entitled Kingdom and Culture. We're going to take a look biblically at what it means to be a person in the kingdom of God in a culture that does not live like that. So we're going to encourage everyone to go through that. There are other new things that are coming, but one of them in particular I would like to make you aware of. Actually, there's two things. Number one, you may not be aware of this, But I am because it's my calling. There will be churches all over the country that will be closing in the next 20 years. The reason isn't because there's a congregation. The reason is because there are no pastors. Every denomination has the average age of their clergy in the mid to late 60s. What that means is we need more pastors. And so we are committing here at City Church to be a pastoral team that does something about that. We are aligning ourselves to walk next to people who feel or are thinking about a call to full-time stateside ministry. Because I believe a church that is healthy should do things like this. So if you feel the call of God, whether you're a woman or a man, to be called into ministry... Maybe you're just looking at it. Maybe you're kicking the tires on it. We will align ourselves with you to mentor you and to walk alongside of you to see if God would affirm and confirm that call. The other thing we're going to do something about and manifest the wisdom of God in this world that so desperately needs the wisdom of God is we have always done a great job focusing on the next generation. We've always had a great youth group, We've always had excellent children's ministry. It's one of the strengths of our church. But if you were to read the statistics of Christianity in our culture, in every generation, it is getting halved. People that follow Jesus. 
the generation of our children will see less than 5% attending church. Because of that, again, we've always done a great job. City Church is going to get very myopic about serving the next generation. As you know, we're in the process of replacing our youth pastor who felt the call of God to go somewhere else. God bless him. But we are also going to be hiring a full-time children's pastor. We're going to do both. The reason is, is the next generation desperately, desperately needs this. And so we as a church are tooling up and getting ready for that. The other thing is this, is over at the Martin Luther King Performing Arts Center, we had one service and everyone could fit in there because the sanctuary or the auditorium fit almost 1,300 people. Coming back here, we knew we would have to have four services in order to do this. Now, I want to be absolutely clear. Four services and preaching four times is life-giving to me. It is not taxing. I'm not going to say that over the rest of our staff, but for me, that is the case. But we believe that God called us to do this. In line with that, we know coming from the pack to here, we do not have ample facilities for our children. And so we're going to be moving forward over the next year to begin to move towards what's called a next-gen building. We're going to be building a building that will allow the number of people in four services to worship here as adults to where we can facilitate the children's ministry that needs to be coincidental with that. So I want to encourage you as a person here at City. We are biblically based, relationally driven, and spirit-led. In that, God wants his wisdom to be made manifest to the principalities and powers of this world that his wisdom is real. And so as a church, I wanted to let you know that these are the things that we're looking at, praying about, and definitively moving towards. I think the most important thing of all is that you would understand the kingdom of God, that you would understand what it means to be a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. Because when you do that, God's kingdom comes to earth. Would you stand with me? At the end of every single sermon I preach, there's a time that's called feet to your faith. What I'd like us to do now at the close of this sermon is to take just a moment to open up your heart to God. As you open your heart to him, the first challenge I would bring is have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you taken those steps that be go, go beyond an initial prayer? If you haven't, I would encourage you to do that. Jesus called people with two words, follow me. He still calls people with those words today. If you are a person that is not yet committed to growing together with others, I want you to make that commitment before God now. And then the last is serving. How have you responded to the gospel? With your time, with your talent, and with your tithes.